Welcome to the Punch and Preacher Podcast, where we are spiritual, sophisticated, and savage as... Yeah! This is a family-friendly podcast! Join us every Tuesday as we release new episodes of Life, Leadership, and Living the Faith. If you like the podcast and you want to subscribe, do that. Follow the link, like the video. If you want even more to be part of the Punch and Preacher Podcast community, go to punchandpreacherpodcast.com. Find the link, submit your email, and if you don't like the podcast, just let me know, and we'll schedule a meeting right here. Have a good day. Welcome to the Punch and Preacher Podcast, episode number six. Thank you guys for joining us along the ride. What a ride this has been. I am super excited about it. Uh, I do have a confession. As many of you who are around me day to day or week to week know, I could be a little bit of a procrastinator. So typically we drop the podcast episodes on Tuesdays. It is presently Monday evening as I am working on this. Um, I have just come off the heels of a fantastic event. We had the War on the Shore 9. It was a boxing event by Gideon Promotions here in Cleveland. Um, oh, two days ago now, Saturday night. What an event. What what an event. It just gets better every time. Uh, but it's been on my mind lately. And as I've watched this, I've watched some of the athletes and I've watched them compete. And one of the things that has been interesting to me is how an athlete prepares for something arduous, right? So an athlete who is getting ready for a cross-country event, there are certain things he or she has to do. If it's a swimming event, there are certain things they have to prep for. If it's golf, if it's tennis, uh, whatever, but fighting combat sports, if it's football, if it's basketball, if it's baseball, softball, there's just ways to do uh, pretty much anything that you're looking for. And it's not just about the training when, when an athlete gets ready. It's not just about the coaching and the mentality. That is a very part of it. A huge part of being in shape is what you eat. I am looking at my own reflection right now as I'm saying this. It is a huge part of what we do is what you eat. I hate that, but it's true. Uh, there are, there's a difference between I'm eating to cut weight and I'm eating to perform. And when you're eating to perform, you're putting the right things in your body. You're drinking the right substances in your body. Listen, some of y'all, you're drinking the right things and not the wrong things, <laughs> putting it in your body. Uh, but as you go through athletic preparation, there's just a huge regiment that's there. And so I'm watching the athletes Saturday night and, and knowing that very soon I'm hoping to compete myself and, and to, to have some fun. That's for the fall. That's in the distant uh, future here. But it's on my mind. And I'm watching these athletes and there's just something about them of what they put in their body matters. So this is an episode I've been waiting a long time to share with you because it's important to me. And it is really about trusting your gut and following your instincts, living instinctively, following your intuition and going with that. All of it's connected, but it's all in what you fuel yourself with. So the year is 2007 and I made a decision. I stood at the edge of a cliff and I looked down and I thought to myself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to jump. And I put my toes barefoot at the edge of this cliff and I was ready to go. I looked down below and I jumped with like 20 other people. Get your mind out of the gutter. It was nothing bad, I promise. We were in Grayson, Kentucky, and we were cliff diving. And there were three different cliffs that we could jump off of. But we had all agreed we were going to jump off of the 50-foot cliff and not the 20-foot cliff because that was for sissies and not the 90-foot cliff because they, they wouldn't let us. <laughs> if you know me, I'm crazy enough. I would have jumped off a 300-foot cliff if they'd have let me. But uh, that one might not have ended so well. But I jumped off. And, and the first time I jumped, I remember the, the anxiety of this, right? I'm sitting in front of the cliff, barefoot, 
I'm ready to go. I'm looking down at the water, and it was a super, super deep lake uh, that was down there. But I'm staring at this, and I'm ready to jump. Man, I am ready to take this plunge. As I sit there, the anxiety starts rolling through. There's people around me, so I'm wondering, well, what will they think if I do it? What will they think if I don't do it? My inner dialogue is like really going to town. Uh, we had a gentleman who was leading our group, and he kept saying, Trevor, don't dive because I'm a moron and I want to do the whatever everybody else is doing plus more and, and whatever. So it's in my mind. And I'm sitting there going through all the anxieties, right? And and I've never done this. I've never done cliff diving. I've, I've dived off of high dives and whatever else, but I've never done this. This is like next level. And I'm looking down here, and they've already talked me off the 90-foot one. Because uh, we don't go to Nibers. People people die on Nibers. That's what the, the local Kentucky folk uh, told us. So I opted not to. But I'm looking down at it, and yeah, I'm filled with anxiety. My inner dialogue is flaring up. Here's a challenge. I want to go through it. I stand here, and I jump. And I remember the sensation of falling. <laughs> I remember thinking two things as I fell. Number one... <laughs> Am I ever going to land? It was the weirdest feeling because it's just nonstop. Like my feet aren't planted. My arms are flailing. I don't know if I'm going to do an accidental flip and a belly smacker here. I don't know what's going on. I'm scared to death over what is about to happen. And then number two, I am filled with like instant regret and fear of which I cannot control because I've already jumped. I hit the water. I go way crazy deep. I don't even come close to touching the bottom. Bubble back up to the top. I'm up at the top. I'm now floating on the water. Uh, it's it's one of those lakes that was so deep that it was like this green brown, like you just can't see the end of it, but the sun and the sunbeams are just going to the bottom. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out what to do with life here. I'm trying to figure out how am I going to work this out. And I finally swim up to the shores and I look up and it's just a really, really long walk up this little path and I got to go barefoot and everything up. And so I'm hopping up to the top. And I get back to the top, and, and I was one of the first ones to jump. And so now, by this point, most of our group has taken that plunge. And I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking, okay, I got to do this again. <laughs> and the reason I got to do it again is because everybody else is coming out of this water, and they're all terrified because they all just shared the same experience I did. It was sheer terror. It was completely unsettling. You, you just – gravity takes over, but you have nowhere to land. Like, you have a long enough plunge – to rethink life's decisions as you're going down. So I'm thinking this through and I'm, I'm doing the hop and, and we, we fall down and people start coming up and I'm sitting there looking now over the same ledge. I got my toes curled up over the same piece of root from the tree that's there. It's a really good launch point. It's the same sand. It's the same sunlight. It's the same rocks underneath my toes. And I'm curling my toes up like Bruce Willis and Die Hard on the plane trying to really get the courage to do this again. And I look over beside me and the leader looks at me and he's like, are you scared this time? He's done this before. I was more afraid to jump off that cliff the second time because I knew what that challenge entailed. The first time I was naive. This time I knew what to expect. Now everything's heightened. The people beside me are watching me and they're wondering, now what will people think has elevated? Now the anxiety of being unsettled in this has elevated. Now I'm wondering, did I just hit a soft spot in the water or could there be another rocky area that I could jump into and get injured? Am I too tired to swim from shore? Because the way the way it was designed, this cliff like was an overhang. So you had further to swim than what you thought. Um, 
there was a lot going on. My inner dialogue at this point was starting to freak out. This was not a moment for faith. It was a moment for being intelligent and not being stupid uh, with everything. But I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm having a problem. I'm really having a crisis of it. I jump again. <laughs> I hit the water. I come back out. And now this time there's a crowd of people. And that crowd of people starts jumping. But not everybody did it. So I come back up to the top. Now I'm huffing and puffing just a little bit. That peanut butter sandwich I had was starting to not settle well. We're, we're going to come back to the what you're putting in your body thing in a minute. Everybody comes up, and now we're sitting there, and we're thinking, all right, that was terrifying. I'm going to do this another time. I'm going to do this a third time. And the group of willing people thinned out. And there were maybe four or five of us left who was dumb enough, not brave enough, dumb enough to do this again. And we did it the third time. The anxiety was even worse, jumping off. I knew what to expect. I've had time to think about this. I've had time to think about the time I regretted it. And here I am, again, ready to take this plunge, again, ready to do something stupid, again. My inner dialogue is telling me, dude, you gotta stop this. No one cares. This isn't safe. This isn't smart. Nothing is good about this. I did it again, and that third time, I tell you, it was, it was probably the most terrifying of the three. I was done. I come back up, and the rest of us who jumped was there. We actually took time to debrief, because what do you do when you jump off a cliff in Kentucky? You go eat pizza, right? That's what you do, and so that's what we did. And I remember sitting there just, usually I'm a social butterfly, but I'm sitting there listening to everybody, and I'm watching everybody, and I'm thinking to myself, I can't, I don't have the energy right now. That took it out of me. It took it out of me. I want to ask you a question. What, what challenges are you looking at dead in the eye right now? Some of you listening today right now, and some of you watching this, wherever we're at, some of you are sitting here thinking, I have a challenge and I'm going to face this challenge. I'm going to face this head on because we're naive. And we're taking the challenge naively, not knowing the pains that's coming, not knowing everything else. Some of us, some of us have been through it before. Some of us have trauma. I said it. I said a trigger word. Trauma. It's ugly. Some of us have been hurt and some relationships passed. Some of us have been hurt and business stuff gone wrong. Some of us have been hurt at work. Some of us have been hurt at church. Some of us have been hurt in our neighborhood, at our gyms, wherever we're at, whatever we're doing. I would wager to believe that every single one of us has a story and every single one of us have pain and because of that hurt it's like we're going into our challenges this time with a little bit of baggage a little bit of baggage i want to talk to you about trusting your gut following your instincts your intuitions it's not that easy i can listen to my intuition now i can listen to that inner voice inside my head and that inner voice can tell me go get it that inner voice can tell me stop that inner voice can say, go, but go slow. That inner voice can say, well, maybe you should think this through, have a better strategy, have a better plan. My inner voice can be freaking out, but here's the question. If I don't know if I trust the people around me, can I trust myself? Can you trust yourself? Can you trust the inner voice inside? Well, maybe you can, maybe you can't. Some of us are proverbial bad decision makers. It's okay. That's why we're here. Okay. Some of us have made some good decisions because we've been lucky and we just chose right when we very easily could have chose wrong and ruined everything. 
But at the end of the day, I want to ask you, when it comes to trusting your gut and following your instincts, what are you fueling them with? Oh, we'll go to the gym. Oh, we'll, we'll run miles. We'll run miles. We'll lift hard. We'll compete. Maybe for some of you, it's sparring. It's grappling. Maybe for some of us, it's just going out with the partner and, and just whatever your craft is, you're doing it and you're training. But are you, are you fueling yourself right? Well, the, the foundational piece of our podcast is spiritual, sophisticated, savage. you got to be all three. And right now, we're going to focus on those first two for a second. What are you fueling yourself with? What, what thoughts are you putting in? What is your inner dialogue saying? Is it scary? Should be. Is it comforting? Should be. What are you fueling your thoughts with? I want you to consider this. Every single one of us listening to this today, whether you are a person of faith or not, I want you to understand something. If you're not a person of faith, dig deeper. I want you to dig deeper. I want you to ask some more questions. And if you're not satisfied with the answers you get, I want you to keep asking and then keep asking and then keep searching and keep thinking and keep digging because somewhere you're going to find answers. You and I are people created in the image of God. What does that mean? That means that you are designed to be loving. That means that you were designed to be creative. But it means that you were designed to be intelligent. You are connected to something else. Religion, and all that comes with it, boils down to one word. It's a big word, so I want you to remember it. Your meta-narrative. All of us are a part of a story greater than ourselves. I have a story, you have a story, the person beside you has a story, your children have a story, your parents have a story, their parents have a story, your neighbors have a story, your friends have a story. All of us have a story, but all of our stories are entangled and they are connected to a person who I would believe as God and I would identify him as Jesus, who is smarter than me, who is wiser than me, who has been around longer than me, and he has a wisdom and sees your story just as much as you're seeing your story. He just has a better seat. Right. He's he's kind of directing us from the coach's chair, so to speak. So as I'm sitting here and trying to navigate life and navigate to my inner dialogue, I have to ask myself, who's fueling my inner dialogue? Is it the fears of this world? Is it the trauma of my past? Is it the, the relationships that have gone south, the financial decisions that have hurt me, the businesses that have been bad, bosses who have been terrible, people have hurt me? Or is it that God himself is fueling this inner dialogue and he will have the best thing for you in mind? It might hurt in the moment, but so will a coach. So will people in your life who want to love you enough and speak truth into you. What are we fueling our inner dialogue with and how are we, how are we building ourselves? What's your gut? Well, I can say that I have my gut instinct, but my gut instinct could be fueled with my selfish desires. My gut instinct and my intuition could be wrong. They could be bad decisions built on poor, spiritual, sophisticated nutrition, ideas that I didn't think through. But I thought at the time, because of my bitter heart, I wanted to jump on this. Something that I feel distance and disconnected with God because I've allowed something to come and wreck this. I am spiritually not nutritious with the way that I'm eating, with the way I'm feeding and fueling my soul. What is your gut saying and how am I fueling this gut? So what are we doing with that? In high school, I was a wrestler and I had the unfortunate privilege to be a very light heavyweight wrestler. So there was another gentleman who was in the same weight class as me in high school. He was a stud. There was no way I was ever going to beat him. Um, but I could always go and get a varsity spot heavyweight. So that's what I would do. I would go and I would bump up a weight class and wrestle heavyweight. And so when I would do that, I had that 
that luxury of being able to eat whatever I wanted to eat. <laughs> if it was Subway, if it was pizza, if it was a cheeseburger, man, listen, I was down for it. <laughs> I could do it. I was ready for it. It was wonderful. Um, so all the other guys would be cutting weight. They would be eating bananas and, and veggies and everything else. And here comes Trevor to practice. And I got a pepperoni pizza. <laughs> God, there was a pizza place right across from our high school. Uh, go figure, right? Kind of like Bayside, I guess. But I would get it. I would come back in. I would eat and do whatever. So I would laugh at these guys. I would tease these guys. I would make fun of them. And then I would go wrestle. And I would, whoever I was competing against, I would be all maniac-like and try to spaz out in the first period. If I didn't get that guy pinned or he didn't catch me and pin me <laughs> in the first period, um, I was dead and gassed out period two, period three. I had nothing left to give. My nutrition was terrible. I struggle with this today with my eating habits, but that's a whole other thing for another time. What are you fueling your gut and your instinct and your intuitions with? Are you educating yourself? Are you surrounding yourself with good people? What do you feel God is saying to you and connecting with you? Have you taken the time to stop? There's a Bible verse I want to share with you, and it is from Psalm 46. And it is, be still and know that I am God. Here is the concept of Christian meditation. This is, this is what it would be. It is that I am going to gobble up as much knowledge as I can, and then I'm going to think about it. I'm going to stop and think about it. So if I have an attitude of prayer, if you have an attitude of prayer, here's what that really means. It means that I'm going to stop and I'm going to sit down. I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to talk to friends who I trust. I'm going to pray. I'm going to, I'm going to seek out God. I don't have all the answers. No one's going to have all the answers. You'll be 95 years old, laying in your deathbed. You are not going to have all the answers in life. So don't think you've got to find them now. But you can at least have enough information to go off of to make your decisions. And here you are thinking this through. Christian meditation is I'm filling my mind with things to think through. I'm, I'm fueling my soul with good nutrition. My gut decisions might be a little bit better. My gut reactions, my intuition, my intellect, all of the first reactions that I have, they're gonna be better. Why are they gonna be better? Because I've taken time to put good things in my mind. I have taken time to put good stuff in my soul. I have sought enrichment and been satisfied. Guys, there are reasons why Scripture so many times refers us to living water. Why, why Scripture is talking about eating and consuming a scroll. Okay, why are Ezekiel and, and John the Apostle told to eat a scroll, right? There's a lot to it because it's sweet as honey and sour in our stomach because it's digesting inside. So I ask you this question. What are you fueling yourself with? What are you pumping yourself with? What is your inner dialogue? Is it negative? Is it hard? Are you hard on yourself? Are you hard on your appearance? Are you hard on your struggles? Are you hard on the things that you should be successful for, but inside you're just laden with doubt? I am. I know that feeling. I wrestle with that every day. How do I make this work? Use those goals. Use that negativity to give you fuel and fire but challenge that. You should always have that internal argument within you. That's where humility comes from. And being humble is okay because we can be humble and we can be hungry. But that inner dialogue should create friction. So if I'm trusting my gut and I'm trusting my intuition and I'm following and living by my intuition, I have friction internally. I have something inside that is driving me, that is eating in me, that is gnawing at me, that is pushing me, that is leading me. I have something here. 
the thoughts of what I should do contrasted by the things that I should not do, the, the inner dialogue that would be negative. Which one wins? Which wolf are you feeding inside of you? Which voice are you saying? Are you healthy internally or are you not? You're always going to have the struggle. The struggle is going to be there. The pain of internal trauma and where I need to go and where I feel God leading me to go, that struggle is going to be there. But here's the difference. If I'm lifting weights, if I'm building muscle, I'm tearing it down. You're no different spiritual. You're no different growing. Your inner dialogue is no different with that. I have friction. I have tearing. My negative thoughts are confronted with the things that I'm fueling myself with. And it is only from there that I can be drastically successful with wherever it is I feel God calling me to go, with whatever decisions I am. Am I the best version of myself in your relationships, at your work, at whatever it is that you want to do and accomplish in life? Are you the best version? Have you won the friction of your soul? Have you defeated the things that inside are just eating and gnawing at you because I have my negative dialogue from trauma, but I have the things that I'm fueling with. One of those are going to win. If I want to be successful, my gut is driven primarily by the good things I'm feeding it, and that will ultimately win out. There will be a day, I promise you, that you will look at your challenges and you will know, I overcame that. I beat that. I beat that challenge. I beat that person. I beat that negative response, that hard reaction, that thing in my life that gave me fear, that thing in my life that gave me anxiety. I beat that. And I beat that because I filled my body. I filled my soul. I filled my mind with the things that could win and could help me win. I beat that. Beat your challenges. Overcome your obstacles. But do so by fueling your soul, by fueling your mind with the right things, with the right people, with the right wisdom, with the right teachings. Win the friction of your soul by allowing a more positive voice to win your inner dialogue and the inner darkness that comes in. Let something else win. How do we become successful? It's all in what you're fueling yourself with. Fuel your gut, fuel your soul with the right things. Find a Bible. Spend time in prayer. Find people who will speak truth into your life, sometimes when it's uncomfortable, but who love you enough to speak truth to you. Step out. Be curious. Live in it. Embrace the friction in your soul and your inner dialogue, but feed the right wolf. See you next week on Episode 7, Punch and Preacher Podcast. Thank you for joining the ride. I hope y'all have a fantastic day. See ya. Welcome to the Punch and Preacher Podcast, where we are spiritual, sophisticated, and savage as... Yeah! This is a family-friendly podcast. Join us every Tuesday as we release new episodes of Life, Leadership, and Living the Faith. If you like the podcast and you want to subscribe, do that. Follow the link. Like the video. If you want even more to be part of the Punch and Preacher podcast community, go to punchandpreacherpodcast.com. Find the link. Submit your email. And if you don't like the podcast, just let me know. And we'll schedule a meeting right here. Have a good day.